Your choice. Anywhere in time and space. Well, there is someone that I've always wanted to meet. It's Robin Hood. That is not Robin Hood. What do you say, outlaw? <laughs> Final reckoning? Oh, yes. No! No damsels in distress, no pretty castles. No such thing as Robin Hood. <laughs> The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I will start this week by welcoming back Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you, my friend? I am very well indeed. Very well indeed. Listening to our episodes, I, I've noticed how many times I say that. So it it, it may just come off as a uh, knee-jerk reaction, but I really am really doing well. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. And yeah. as always, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about listening to our episodes. You know, it's funny. I always try to remember which one of the two of you that I welcome first. And I can never remember whose order is which. So I guess I need to start writing it down because yeah. I will think I chose you second. And then after I say Lee Shackelford, then I realize, oh, I need to say welcome back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm great, man. Uh, I, like the doctor, I'm a very lucky man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and happy belated Valentine's to all the ladies out there. Indeed, sir. And you know you've just made me want to ask a question. You said you're a very lucky man. Explain? I'm breathing. Uh, yeah. Isn't it obvious? Right. <laughs> and, and, and not everybody is. No. Speaking <laughs> of, you know, The Walking yeah. Dead, Series 11, oh. final season, started back this weekend. Just FYI, I haven't seen it yet, but since we're talking about people that are not breathing, you know, Walking yeah. Dead. So There you go. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I don't have any news, but I'm curious if the two of you do. Any Doctor Who-related news that you've seen that you want to share before we move on? And the next Doctor is... <laughs> Man, if you got know. that, then yeah, I'll, I'll shut up. Get back to <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, I know. They're keeping tight-lipped, and I know time is ticking away. So, so I'm going to ask a question. I'm assuming that it's you know pretty much a given. It may not be. But do you guys think we will see the 14th Doctor during the regeneration of the 13th Doctor later this year? Or do we think think that it may be like it was with second going to three and we don't see it. It occurs off screen thoughts mm. or even three going to four where we just saw his profile for just for an instant, you know? Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I think I'd rather like that, you know, just for a change. I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think it takes away from the excitement if we don't see it on screen, but you know, um, they may be playing a long game on the reveal, so I guess that will be refreshing as well. So we'll see, I guess. I agree with both of you, except for one thing. Were it not the 60th anniversary that comes up immediately after Ooh. that episode, yeah. I might would uh, say, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. let, let's not show. But I, I kind of want to have some kind of expectation going into the 60th but it may literally be that we don't find out maybe this the anticipation going into the 60th is hey who's the new doctor <laughs> who's the doctor hmm well the, the show does have to live up to its title every now and then doesn't it <laughs> indeed um the ultimate question in the universe yes. right <laughs> so does that mean that the person that is going to be the next doctor based on what you guys just said does that mean that the answer to our question is hidden in plain sight uh possibly possibly and i don't know what plain sight is yet but hey yeah, it might right. be yeah gotta hope just, not. yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah okay Let's 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 address the hope nots in the room. I just want to ask the question: If 
10 is 14. I already know Clarence is against that. But if 10 is 14, I want to know you guys, what are your thoughts? Uh, I personally would hate it. (laughs) Now, I do think it would be awesome if they could do just a different type of season. I would want like an anthology season of doing, you know, 10 episodes or maybe what, 13 episodes <laughs> with a different doctor in each, just anthology style. I think Whoa. that would be cool. Whoa. And then we still don't know who the doctor yeah. is after all that ends wow. and maybe some way tie it in. Uh, but, but yeah, I hope it's just not 10 or any doctor for that matter, just coming back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And chronologically, right. And, and, and no shade on, on David Tennant at all. It's just that that's, it feels like cheating somehow. I, I don't know. Don't like it. Don't like it. And I also don't believe it. I, I mean, I think he's, I don't think they can afford him anymore. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. You know how the rumor mills start happening and, you know, the rumor yes. mills always happen. Here's right. what I think, because there's also been some word out on the street or whatever you want to call it on the internet or whatever, that his companion that would be coming back with him would be Catherine Tate. Here's what I think. If that is the case, that David Tennant and or Catherine Tate are returning in some fashion, I might think that Ten and Donna are in their season four adventures and they are taken out of time for the 60th anniversary or crossover or whatever. Now, that is what I think David Tennant coming back, if it you know that is true, is is a cameo or part of the story and the 60th anniversary, not as the 14th Doctor. Yeah. Or uh, what if the universes have been broken and a doctor has to go across the universes to try to fix all the time in a multiverse of madness? Hmm. Possibly. So so the next Doctor is going to be Benedict Cumberbatch then. (laughs) That would be quite strange. That would be very strange. strange. Indeed, oh. that would be very strange. Oh, we're, we're using our made-up names. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, before we move on, I, I, in all seriousness, I, I do love David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, but I don't want it to be that we saw a return of RTD and trolling fandoms then says... He's resting on his laurels by bringing back well, David Tennant. You know, I want a new doctor, a new companion, and I want magic between the two or three or however many there are of them. And it's something new, it's something fresh, and it's revitalized. That's what I want. I don't want anyone to have the ability to say, oh, well, you're trying to recreate the glory years. No, make new glory years. That's what I want. Here, here, but no, here, no, here. You can't, you can't make uh, fandoms. You know, you you can't uh, tell people what to say and what not to say. There, <laughs> that is true. That the is fandoms true. don't work like that. But what I can do is ask for someone to say something, and that would be you, Lee. If hmm. there is someone who is listening to us for the very first time, or for everyone who has listened to us for years, maybe, what do you like to tell people? I, I say find the nearest exit. No, I say um, thank you. You've got plenty of other things you could be doing in this busy social media world, and uh, you've chosen to spend this time with us. So thank you very much. Cool. Well, gentlemen, I must say to you and for everyone else listening, if you have not seen The Robot of Sherwood, or Robot of Sherwood, not a The Robot of Sherwood, Put us on pause. Go out. Watch the episode. Come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Robot of Sherwood. This is the third episode of the 2014 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 6th of September, 2014. It starred Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor and Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald. 
So summary view. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say ye? Well, sir, I didn't love it. It kind of felt like a step back to me from all the growth we got from Into the Dalek. It feels like we it almost feels like this should have been the second episode because for some reason, the way Capaldi is portraying the doctor in this episode seems more frantic uh, and unsure in a way. So uh, I'm kind of, kind of wondering if this was supposed to be the second episode. But but yeah, I, I didn't love it. I'm not a huge fan of Robin Hood. So I feel like a lot of that was lost on me. Um, did not like seeing Robin and the doctor bicker for half the episode. It just started to wear on me. And, you know, once again, we get a story where the doctor parallels a character in the episode, which seems like, again, we just did that with Rusty and, and Danny Pink. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait to talk about it and hear you guys' thoughts. I think I sometimes think I'm the only one in, in the fandom who really likes this episode. But I love Robin Hood, you know, Um <laughs> So I don't know. Does that does that make a difference? Uh, that could also be, uh, you know, that could also set you up to hate this episode. You know, if you're <laughs> if you don't like this <laughs> depiction or whatever, this this whole idea of, of of who's who's a legend and who's real, and um, the power of story. You know, that really that really gets to me. But, you know, they're, they're oh, and it has robots. You know, so so I'm I'm on board, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, we do spend a lot of time doing things that I feel like we could have done in half the time. And so I wonder about that. So yeah, I, you know, even though I, I do say that I really like this episode, I'm, I'm, I'm with Clarence. I kind of don't know what to say about it. So how about you? There are a lot of things in it that had potential and there are things that I like about it. And, you know, of course we'll talk about it, but for the most part, I was extremely bored. Oh, I was so bored. <laughs> I mean, bored out of my mind watching it because it was, some parts were so excruciating. And I think it was because for whatever reason, this episode really didn't connect with me. So watching mm -hmm. it again was kind of like, really kind of forcing mm -hmm. myself to watch it, not just remembering it because I wanted to at least give it a second go or a third or however many you know times That's it true. has been that I've seen it. But there are some great things about it. I just think the execution of it made some things just drag along a little bit and a little bit too much. Like when you boil it all down to it, there really wasn't much going on. <laughs> Am I right? Do I, am I wrong? <laughs> no, I, I think it's a story you could have told in a half an hour. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask a question based on Robin Hood. Before we get into Robin Hood, if this would have been a story where they went to this era and you had the same thing going on, you still had the same actor that was pay, playing Robin Hood as the main person, maybe not even call him Robin Hood, just call him the Earl of Loxley or whatever. And you just insinuating that he yeah. was Robin Hood. Sure. Would it have played a little bit better? Because it felt a little campy to me, specifically with the green tights and all that. And it is. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. That would be very interesting to see a story that that took the Robin Hood legend for serious mm. um hmm. yeah something to think about i wrote a play about robin hood once and so i wanted to do all the research and when i went to the library i found and i think this is significant to this story that there are books about um, robin of loxley in the fiction section and in the nonfiction section <laughs> okay so then let me ask wow. a question sue yeah what did you see any similarities and or differences as you did your research? Um, yeah, pretty much everybody uh, agrees that there were, there was somebody who, to whom all these later stories get stuck. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. that, that there really was an Earl of Loxley and he probably really did have his lands taken away from him by the King. And then there were these bandits and, was was Earl of Loxley one of them? 
Um, oh, sure. <laughs> sure he was. And there are two grave sites for Robin Hood. I learned that. Mm. So there's two different communities in Nottinghamshire that, that claim, no, this he's really under here. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of where we are with that. And, and I know that there's a lot in this episode that makes a lot more sense if you if you grew up in the UK and if you are loaded with Robin Hood lore, you know. But this this vision of him with that exact company of characters, with the Little John and uh, Alan Dale and all those, that comes from uh, Walter Scott's novel, uh, Ivanhoe, which, you know, is written mm-hmm. in the 19th century. So, so yeah, people who, who, who know that would be watching this going, well, that's ridiculous. If they're really going to get in the time machine and we're going to go to, you know, 1190 AD, they're not going to find those people like that. And he's not going to be wearing green tights. That's not, <laughs> that's, that comes along later, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, I think I would have liked it going back to what I said a minute ago and listen, after mm. listening to what you just said, you know, Clara asked a question. She said she wanted to see Robin Hood. Maybe if the response that the doctor said was something to the effect of there are a lot of stories that have become legend, but they aren't exactly what you think they are, and they're mm-hmm. but they're sometimes based on something. And maybe that would have ruined the magical effect of the story. But I, I'm sorry, I would have just liked it to be a little bit more rooted in real, you know, reality. And yet mm-hmm. I'm talking about somebody in a time machine, but you know, well, rooted a yeah. little bit more realistic than what we got. So, Clarence, I want to pivot and ask you a question, and I'm not preparing either of you because I'm, well, I guess I'm preparing Lee a little bit, but <laughs> I'm curious as to what, and I'll give the answer to this too. Clara was presented with a question, where do you want to go? If you had that question asked to you, you were a new companion, you were traveling with the doctor, the doctor says, where do you want to go? Where would you go? And when? Mm, it depends. Uh, if I was going, I would like to go see some historical figures just as a bystander. You know, I don't want to be participate in, in, in the least. If I could just go and watch some historic events, I'd do that. But mainly I'd say the future because uh, I don't know if the past would be very welcoming to me in a lot of ways. So <laughs> the future or the very far past. All right. Lee, what about you? Yeah, you should go to ancient Egypt where you would have been worshipped as a god. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to go to 12th century Nottinghamshire where Jenna Coleman is wearing that dress. <laughs> Randy, where Jenna Coleman is? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, uh, no, seriously. Um, I, I would I would probably have to go to... Uh, this may sound crazy, but I, w- I would I would go to England in the 1930s. Hmm. Um, I'm just so fascinated by the whole world at that time. And I know that there would be Nazi bombs falling on my head uh, if I stayed long enough. But, um, you know, for a while, I'd have the advantage of knowing when to get out. What about you? All of time and space. All of time and space. Yeah. You know, and it goes back into not you know, what Clarence said just a minute ago of not interacting, not intervening or whatever and so Mm -hmm. forth. But I would love just to go back to when I was every day staying with my grandparents during the day as a child. I would love just to be be able to walk in that store, see myself as a little child Mm -hmm. and, you know, buy a Coke and leave. Just just to see that. I mean, I, I think that would be I don't know. It's, it's just something I've thought about over the years. And when we yeah. were sitting here talking, I was trying to think where in the future did, would I go? Mm. And my mind went back to that. And, you know, not not interacting, not having a Father's Day type of breaking right. time or something. Just walk in, see, look around, buy something, leave, get back in the TARDIS and say, been there, uh-huh. done that. So Coke in a green glass bottle. Bingo. And they were always yeah. so cold. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you guys, you know, we 
we've talked about Robin Hood a little bit, but let's talk about him a little bit more. Clarence, you made a comment about getting tired of hearing the two of them argue. Talk about their banter. What were your thoughts? I mean, well, the thing is, the doctor is doing his darndest to prove that Robin Hood isn't real. And I think it's playing into some of the things Lee said earlier with, you know, it being part in the fiction section and part in historical, true historical literature. So um, I think they're playing on that a lot. And the doctor is saying, no, this is impossible. So I think a lot of that started to wear thin on me because it went from him not believing that he could be real and to it be sort of a measuring contest between the two to see who's the best hero or the best guy for this situation or who has the best plan to get out of the said situation. So uh, some of that just started to wear thin on me. I do think it was some great moments for Clara to step in and be like, <laughs> look, guys, look, um, just 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 let, let me run things. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It it reminded me, and I, I I will astonish both of you by saying this, but there is a line in the Justice League that I really liked. Uh, only one. But uh, it's just Wonder Woman saying, <laughs> children, I work with children. Um, in reference to Cyborg and Superman, <laughs> she's saying. <laughs> so, yeah, so Clara has moments like that. I'm just like, oh, for God's sake, will you just let me handle this? So Yeah. So that's fun. So, Lee, what yeah, did you think I, of the banter? The same. And, and I, I, I think uh, Clarence has picked up on the, the exact point that, that bugged me was that we think of the doctor as being the one who's sensible and he's there to explain to everybody else how things work sometimes. So after he said Robin Hood isn't real for the 500th time, <laughs> then I think we turned on him, right? We're going, no, I, th yeah. I think you're wrong. I think this is set up now so just so you can fall on your face here. But... I don't know, maybe it would have been more interesting if it hadn't been so if we hadn't been able to see it coming from a mile off. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I think Clarence made a very good point early on where this con conceptually may have fit much better as episode two, because if you look at it from him going and the way he was acting in deep breath, going into this one, there's a lot more similarities than the put-together doctor we get in Into the Dalek. Possibly. Yeah, and and, and I, I think you can also say there are... I think they're also trying to have a parallel of Robin Hood being a, a hero and the doctor... Or the, the unbelievable... Uh, unbelievability? Is that a word? <laughs> the unbelievable nature of, of it being a you know, doctor traveling in time and space as well. So I thought some of that was actually pretty interesting. Um, but, but again, it, it started to wear thin as far as the bickering aspect of the two. Well, one of my favorite scenes of that was, and you guys kind of referenced it, which was take me to your leader. And the leader they take away, of course, is Clara, not the two of them. They get stuck yes. there. Right. <laughs> So let me ask you guys about the Sheriff of Nottingham. And I want to point to Lee first, since you're our resident Robin Hood <laughs> specialist, I'll call it. That's right. Yes. Thoughts? Oh, well, he, he's, he's always played like this. So what we're getting is the, the stock standard Sheriff of Nottingham. And um, that's okay by me. I don't, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we, need, we need to know who the bad guys are. Here he is. The end. I I don't know if anybody's uh, tried to do a telling of Robin Hood that sort of takes the sheriff more seriously or treats him sympathetically or something. But uh, you know, in this in this sense, the doctor is exactly right that we we need to have good guys and villains, and we and it needs to be springtime all the time. And uh, you know, so mm -hmm. you so you got to have the sheriff of Nottingham, who is just unrepentantly avaricious and evil. So, you know, it, it just it just rounds everything out nicely. How did you like That's the portrayal? So how did you like the portrayal this time? Just is no different from any other, I think you said. Well, um no, I I I found him credible and I believed him and I think that's fun. I'm trying to think um of some others that I've seen on screen and you know, they're all flashing across my mind now. Um 
which reminds me, uh, images of Robin Hood flashing across the screen. I hope you're going to call oh, yes. this. This oh, okay. Oh, oh, we got oh. good. <laughs> we yeah, we got to talk it was about. Like that. I was, you know, I wanted to tell my aunt that I was giddy when I saw him. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's a very good uh, sheriff of Nottingham, I think. And that's about all you can say about that. All right. So, Clarence, what were your thoughts on our good sheriff? I mean, I thought he was pretty interesting, uh, though cookie cutter, yeah. I guess. I, I think maybe the more interesting parts about him in this episode was the actual, even though, again, the whole plan of the aliens coming down, him using the technology was kind of cookie cutter as well. <laughs> but I do think it was still kind of interesting to see that portrayed for for this character in this setting. I thought it I thought it, you know, I thought it was still, you know, just not great, but just interesting. OK, well, it's true. That, that isn't <laughs> usually what uh, Nottingham is up to. <laughs> he is, he is usually uh, uh, aided and abetted with by alien technology. Yeah. yeah, and of course he's gonna go rule the world. So, yes. um that was that was interesting. And I thought his demise, his ultimate ultimate falling into the vat of uh gold. Yes. Uh, uh that was pretty good effect. Yeah. And the effects overall in this episode I thought were pretty well freaking done. Mm-hmm. Uh really enjoyed that aspect of yeah. it. The only thing I will add about the sheriff was last time I watched this before this, could have cared less about him. I really liked him this time, but it, but my glasses were filled with Richard Poole of Death in Paradise because Ben Miller played Richard Poole and he played ah. him. So I'm seeing this character that I loved on Death in Paradise, and I... I'm not seeing, you know, the evil sheriff. I'm like, oh, that's Richard. Cool. Yeah. Was this shot before or after? Do you uh, know? I believe it was maybe right. Honestly, about this m- may have been about the time he had left Death in Paradise. Oh, okay. Hmm. Which, you know, it's funny that you said, because I think this is before, but they, there is a line where... The sheriff, when he thinks that Clara has been drowned in the moat, so to speak, oh, yeah. he mm-hmm. says she could have made a great queen. Yeah, <laughs> he tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was thinking, oh, yeah, well, she will. Victoria in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Any thoughts? I'll just open it up to both of you. Any thoughts about the robots themselves? Uh, I, I think I like the design. Uh, you know, it had very much a medieval design as sort of the, the helmet or the head part of it, I thought was pretty cool. Um, I don't know how Robin was able to just swing his sword and chop a arm off of a, a robot. Nah, that seemed unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, you know, I thought they were they were OK. Mr. Shackelford, you're our robot expert. <laughs> yeah, um, my yeah fictional robots anyway. Yeah, this time I was... Um... Uh, watching them and thinking, I got to make one of those. Yeah, I just thought they were interesting. They're not, uh, as Doctor Who robots go, they're not as interesting as the uh, eponymous robots of death. And I don't, I don't mm. have a, uh, an action figure of them either. Gotta, that's, a, that's a gap on my shelf. They're, they're there to do what they do, you know, and they do it. But yeah, I'm, again, I'm with Clarence. Are they invulnerable or not? I, so it's, so what, what were your thoughts about the fact that these robots are trying to reach paradise? Yeah. It's another question. Or isn't the it? promised and, land. So the to promised speak. land. Yes. Um, well, and last time Missy has told us expressly that this is heaven, but we'll find out she lies. Um, but yeah, um, it's, that's an interesting mystery to bring up here. And we, yeah, at this point, we do not know what that signifies. Right, and and we're we're not going to reveal. But you're right; it is it is interesting because I can remember watching it the first time through and thinking, why are robots looking mm-hmm. for for the promised land? Yeah, and that didn't make you know what I'm saying because your right. general idea of robots is they're not alive. Therefore, mm-hmm. why is something not alive? looking for something that is a tapestry of something for people who are alive, are beings <laughs> who are alive. Yes. 
So let's talk for a moment about, because this is the only thing that just really felt really like too far-fetched fetched to me, which was the the gold, but specifically the golden arrow, and that the mm-hmm. fact that when their robots are about to escape or, or explode while they're trying to escape or leave or whatever they were doing, and it's that golden arrow that just seems to hit the ship and give it all the power that it needed. Clarence, what did you think about that? Did you buy that? I don't understand it. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. It just to make a lot of sense to me. But they are forging the gold for power, so I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it makes some sense. <laughs> I, I, I want it badly to make sense. I, I, I really just thought it was an interesting moment yeah but a tiny bit of gold hits the outside of the ship they don't shoot into the engine or anything yeah that would have made more sense that gives them enough power to (laughs) reach escape velocity um no no i'm sorry i just you know it's 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 we, we talk about this often is that we know this is a fantasy show right it's it's okay that the guy that it's about this guy traveling through time and space and something that looks like a police box. We'll buy that because it has been meticulously explained to us. Right. But now this, this, yeah. this seems to work because it's near the end of the episode and we need it to work. That's not a good enough reason. Yeah. Sort of like Aquafina in that movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with the arrow and everything. Yeah. It was a cool scene, it though. Is. It was a cool scene with them all kind of lean back and, you know, it was a beautiful That's scene. That's it. I like that. The three of them doing it together. Yeah. I wish it was something else. I mean, <laughs> think about the equivalent moment of Wrath of, in Wrath of Khan. You know, I don't know what yeah. Spock is doing in there. He's He's got he's yeah. to put protective gear on just so he can hold whatever it is that he's reaching in there to hold. And he does something and then the ship goes into warp. Cool. Okay, we understand that that's, you can go in there and do something, but it's going to be at the cost of your own life. That's Mm. all we need to know. See, I could have bought the fact, let's say that this makeshift ship that there, or this ship that they had repaired, somehow is having trouble taking off. And whatever they need to be free to so that they can take off, they use the arrow to dislodge rocks or whatever the case may be so that they mm-hmm. can lift yeah. off. That makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, that looks more plausible. Oh, oh yeah. Than yeah, yeah. It's going to hit the outside and go ding and then whoosh. <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, sorry. I do not buy it. I, I wanted to, I wanted to like that. I really did, but it, it doesn't work. But here's something that did work, at least for me. Let's talk about the ending. And specifically, let's talk about the conversation that Robin and the doctor had. And I'll go first. I keep asking you guys, you know, back and forth, but I'll go first on this one. To me, this was the highlight of the entire story. This final talk between Robin and the doctor where Robin is talking, and then you realize when he says TARDIS, he's actually talking about the Doctor. I know, yeah. you know, we've talked about, we've had the rusty parallel. I get that. And yes, it is a little bit re- repetitious, but as far as the story goes, this was the highlight for me because it it was thoughtful. It made me, it, for the first time in the episode, made me think. Hmm. What do you guys think? What did you guys think of this scene? <laughs> we we didn't apparently um <laughs> no, I, I i thought that it went on too long <laughs> but um but apart from that i i, I did think that it, it's a it's an important and profound discussion about story mm-hmm. it has come up on the show before and it's going to keep coming up i think his the previous incarnation the doctor said that we're all stories in the end um mm. and so here is Robin Hood, who turns out to be the genuine article to the doctor's surprise, saying the same thing, and that he he sees that um, they're more alike than different. And uh, I do. I, I I think that's beautiful. It's a beautiful part of the story. 
I, I felt it. If if I had been left alone with the script, I would have cut about a third of it out. But uh, <laughs> but still, what what they're doing is I think is is good, and it and in fact it's important, right? So that's my thought. Um, everything Lee said, I thought it was beautifully written as well. Um, having him saying mentioning about once being rich and and taking up the plight of the poor, and yeah. of course, even I thought he was talking about himself, but uh, just beautiful, beautiful twist when he switched it, you know, and he's moved the steel of Tardis. Yeah. Thought that was pretty great. You know, the only thing I will add to that is, Lee, you mentioned, you know, the previous incarnation talked about stories. I liked how they took that twist of the previous 11th Doctor, something he said, but also added in a touch of what Ud Sigma said at the end of time or the end of the end of time part two, where he says this song is ending, but the story never ends because they actually says or, or Robin actually says perhaps we will both be stories and may those stories never end. Never end. Yep. I caught that. And speaking of stories, I want to go back to a cameo of a story, a fictionalization on screen that we got to see of a previous black and white version of Robin Hood. And Lee, I think you noticed something in particularly familiar about that. So for mm. anyone that did not catch that, would you like to share? Uh, and, and to be fair, only because it had been pointed out to me, but uh, very quickly, the doctor shows uh, Robin all of these different uh, uh, depictions of Robin Hood and how he's going to be uh, uh, acted out on in, in books and, in, and on stage and screen. And one of those quick shots is from a 1956 BBC film of Robin Hood. And Robin was Patrick Trung. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's a, a, a an Easter eggy thing for you, but uh, it's kind of fun. Hmm. Oh dear, it was very good. I enjoyed it. Yes, you enjoyed it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, that was cool. I love seeing Patrick Troughton any day of the week. So yes, I, I absolutely love that. But gentlemen, I have come to the end of my notes, so I have to ask the question before we move in to our favorites. Do either of you have anything on your list that we have not talked about? And if so, please share. I have a, a, a marvelous thing, and I, I wish I could say that I had planned this tie-in, but I did not. It was a total surprise to me. But um, hmm. last week, I posed a trivia question, and then once we finished recording, uh, I, I realized that I was asking the wrong question. So by the time these episodes go out, we may have heard from people saying, hey, that, that's not even right. I was asking about times that the doctor has been miniaturized, as in Into the Daleks. And I was thinking that the first time that it happened was when the third doctor and companion Joe Grant are miniaturized in uh, the serial called Carnival of Monsters. In Carnival of Monsters, they end up inside a machine called the Miniscope. And of all things, here in Robot of Sherwood, one of the doctor's explanations for what's going on is we might be inside a Miniscope. Huh. Clara says, oh, shut up. He says, no, a Miniscope. Yes, of course. Why not? Wow. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but in any case, wow. I thought that the only other time that the Doctor had been miniaturized was in Invisible Enemy, uh, the fourth Doctor and Leela. And I was thinking that diehard fans of the classic who might might uh, object and saying that wasn't the Doctor, that was a clone of the Doctor miniaturized because the fantastic voyage that they're on is inside the Doctor's brain. So it, it isn't mm. really the Doctor who's being miniaturized, but the same thing happens. But I forgot that we, one of my favorite classic serials, the first Doctor and his companions were all miniaturized by the TARDIS itself in Planet of Giants. Yes. So, yes. Which we have reviewed on this here. I was going to say, haven't we done that? We have, yeah. Interesting. So, really, it's Planet of Giants, Carnival of Monsters, arguably Invisible Enemy, and then Into the Dalek. So those are the times when the doctor has been shrinked. And once we stopped recording, I also said, no, he's also reduced in size in flatline spoilers because that we haven't gotten there yet. 
But then as we talked about it, we realized, no, this is how the TARDIS works, right? <laughs> it's the exterior <laughs> of the TARDIS that gets small with him trapped inside. He's still full size, but he can't get out so because cool. the exterior of the TARDIS is small. So, so he is not miniaturized in that episode. Anyway, but yeah. The miniscope from Carnival of Monsters is briefly referenced in uh, in this. Oh, the other thing I wanted to tell you about. I'm going back to the UK this spring, I'm happy to say. My bucket list gets, just gets longer and longer. One of the things it's I want to do, it's <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to go uh, ride on a train that is um, called the Robin Hood Line. It is the train mm. that takes you pretty much the length of unsurprisingly, Nottinghamshire. And I think <laughs> this is the joke that Clara makes that is goes completely past most of us here in the U.S. But you remember that when the sheriff is telling her his big plans, you know, after Nottingham, then it's going to be Darby. And after Darby, it's going to be Lincoln, you know. Well, he's talking, he's yeah. talking about the neighboring counties. Ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, Derbyshire and Lincolnshire. So he's expanding out to the east and he's expanding to the west. And he says, and do you know what's next? And she says, works up. And he says, the world works up. Works up <laughs> is the other end of the Robin Hood line, that that train. Oh. So if you take the Robin Hood train, you can on one end is Nottingham and the other end of it is works up. So, oh, wow. so I think that's the joke. She's saying. That's a deep cut. Yeah, that's pretty obscure, but you know, I'm but real if interested people in people who live there. It wouldn't be. I think, yeah, exactly. So, and I just happen to know that because I'm, I'm we're, we're going to try to 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 just stay on the trains as much as possible this time because I love Brit Rail and love Euro Rail. But anyway, um, yes, I think that's what why of all places works up. Why she says that it's because it's the other end of the. The Robin Hood line. Nice. Also, the priest, the priest, the priest, what am I saying? The sheriff briefly uh, makes a joke that uh, would also get people who know their their church history. Uh, Archbishop Thomas Beckett was killed after Henry II said, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? And the sheriff says, will no one rid me of this turbulent doctor? So little, <laughs> little Henry II joke there, too. That's all of my that's all of my trivia for today. Sweet. Well, I enjoyed. Awesome. Cool. So, Clarence, what about you? Any other items? Oh, I think the only thing I have to add here is I hate the spoon fight. To me, this is the start of the super cheesy Peter Capaldi stuff that we get throughout his run. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I I just, I didn't like it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what did you guys think of the spoon fight? Mm. I, I'm torn. I, I love screen sword fights. And it's one of the reasons why I got interested in Robin Hood in the first place, you know, because my golly, the, that sword fight in the, the 1930s film uh, where, we're, where we're cheering for Robin Hood to kill Basil Rathbone. which So that's kind of interesting for Sherlock Holmes fans. But <laughs> Rathbone is the villain in this one. But it's a great sword fight. And if you watch the blocking of this one, that's pretty impressive that he's you know, it's 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 blocked and staged, of course, but it really looks like he's he's fighting somebody with a longsword using a spoon. And, you know, if it were not blocked, choreographed so well, I, I would really have more trouble with it. On the other hand, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> so, you know, I just I, I don't it's, it's another one of those things where I don't know what to think about it. Now, what I do like is the, the gimmick of getting him in of getting Robin Hood in a clinch and then backing up to him and pushing him in the river. And then Robin does exactly yeah. the same thing. He learned that move from the doctor, right? Yeah, his book ended. Right. So I, I like that part of it very much. I think you needed that to have that bookend, you know, but I, I will, as usual, agree with both of you on <laughs> what you guys said. The only thing I will add is I paid less attention to the fact that they did the sword fight with the spoon and whatever but I'm thinking to myself, that is not very shallow. I mean, that's not, you know, very deep. And when they fall in either way, you know, falling back, falling forward, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you probably hit your knee on some rocks. Dang, that probably hurt. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I'd be like, oh, awesome. he got up pretty yeah. easily. I was, right. I was like, if that, if that was me, I'd be like, ow, my hand, my my head, my whatever. Maybe yeah. I was just being too much of a, you know, whatever. But nah. <laughs> no, no, I, I think these things often too. I think, oh man, that probably really hurts. <laughs> yes. But you know what doesn't hurt is the fact that we are getting into our favorites. So favorite quote, I will actually go first. Favorite quote comes from the scene we were talking about a few moments ago or a few minutes ago regarding the scene with the doctor and Robin. And this comes from Robin where he says, history is a burden. Stories can make mm. us fly. Mm. I just really like Good that. stuff. Yeah. Stories make us fly. All right. Clarence Brown, favorite quote. Said it, Hoodie. I saved your life. <laughs> yeah, Hoodie. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Lee Shackelford. Well, as I've said before, this exchange I loved. After this, Darby. Right. Then Lincoln. And after Lincoln, works up. The world! <laughs> Such <Indeed. a> deal. <laughs> so, favorite scene. Clarence, favorite scene. Uh, oh yeah, mine is when Clara. Well, they each explain their plans, and and Clara tells the doctor to explain his plan without the word "sonic" and "screwdriver," <laughs> <laughs> which we're always talking about how the sonic screwdriver is a get out of jail free card most of the time. So I really appreciated her pointing that yes. out. Awesome, Lee. Favorite scene. I really liked the doctor uh, getting on board the spaceship, and really starting to get some vindication, getting some answers. And he gets to confront Robin about the fact that what we know in our day is, is the legend. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was very interesting all around. Uh, just, just a fun scene. You know, I was originally going to say my favorite scene was the scene with Robin and the doctor. However, after further thought and thinking through it a little bit, it's actually going to be the, breadcrumb scene of promised land and i say that not for the scene itself but for the entire narrative of the art that was five seconds that we saw that maybe if not two mm. or three seconds but it was mm -hmm. just enough inserted into the story that lays a breadcrumb or drops a breadcrumb that you can follow this narrative as it weaves toward the end of the series for this particular series so for that that's my favorite scene because we've been we didn't really get that much in the last couple of years so that's what i really liked about it that's my favorite scene so final rating lee i'm going to start this time with you final rating what say you i'm going to be generous and not take the golden arrow but i i <laughs> um i i think i have to give it um three and a half lockets with portraits of Clara inside. Mm. All right. Clarence Brown. I'm going to give it 3.2 spaceships decide, uh, spaceships um, uh, designed as castles <laughs> out of five. Mm. I'm going to give it 3.25 trout and cameos out of five. <laughs> <laughs> none of us took the golden arrow that's no <laughs> I, oh dear i guess we lost the golden arrow <laughs> by the way since since uh, <laughs> since clarence brought it up uh i i noticed that um there is of course a uh, a castle in uh nottinghamshire and uh, in nottingham um and if you go there um today what you'll see is not the one that would have been there in the days of uh, King Richard and Prince John, because that one was destroyed. Mm. Mm. So uh, maybe it was really a spaceship. And, <laughs> I, That's a story I'm, I'm going uh, with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we saw it, right? We saw it happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> But isn't that cool storytelling, though? Like, you know, go back to... The RTD era, where we take the uh, story of, oh my goodness, she's one of the best uh, mystery writers, Agatha Christie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kyle. Yes. All right. <laughs> you know, Agatha Christie, you know, we take her disappearance and just 
take that into the Doctor Who story. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. And and even with, um, you know, something that Chibnall did last season with Joseph uh, Williams, wasn't it? Williamson? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, taking somebody that did something that was in history and incorporating it in the story. Anytime they do that, that's brilliant. Any of them yeah. that does that. Yeah. Cool. Wow. The, one of my very favorites is uh, the fifth doctor. You remember that uh, in fighting with the, with the Terraleptals there in uh, England in the 11th century, in the end, uh, in the fight, they start a fire as they're leaving. It's uh, Tegan asks something about it. It's pretty clear that what they've done is they've actually started the great fire of London. It's 1066, <laughs> uh, not 1066, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, the- <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> So it's like, oh well, and they 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 get they beat it out of there. Oops. So. <laughs> is is not a Nottinghamshire? Is that the real name of the place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the whole county. Is is it known? Is it known for having an abundance of gold? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so mm. yeah, yeah. The important story point there. <laughs> Where are these people getting all this gold that uh, apparently is in such demand there? Well, who knows? What I do know is I feel like I think we should end this episode. And the reason we should end this episode is I said something positive about Chibnall. So, you know, before I break the Internet of saying something else positive about Chibnall, I'm going to say for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We are so glad that you stayed with us to the end of the episode let us know what you thought about the episode send us some feedback let Mm -hmm. us know we'll read it on the show and always leave us a review if you don't mind we would definitely appreciate it and it it does help the apple algorithms or whatever podcast player you may be choosing to use gentlemen thank you for joining me and as always we will be back next time You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.